Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to our morning service here. Uh, our services today and the next couple of weeks have been taken by uh, Will Burkert, who is a great friend of the congregation. I shall leave him to introduce himself when he comes forward in uh, a short while. So I'll just ask uh, Will to come forward and lead us uh, in our worship. Well, good morning and welcome. My, what a wide church. It's... As has been mentioned, my name is Wilf Urquhart. My wife, Pat, is uh, playing uh, the music for the service. I used to be a postie. You'll know what a postie is, don't you? We all do that. In Inverness, I was a number of years there. My my wife is a primary school teacher, and uh, we've had the privilege of serving the Lord in Burkina Faso in West Africa for some 19 years. So it's a privilege to be here today, to be invited by your minister to share. I feel very inadequate because I am inadequate, but my adequacy is of the Lord. So the Lord will undertake and the Lord will bless the service today. God's word says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, it is with thanksgiving that we come into your presence this morning. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for that sacrifice made by the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf on Calvary. Thank you that we're redeemed not with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without spot or blemish. And Father, we thank you that we can come into your presence, not because we're good, but because you have redeemed us, you have saved us, you have set us free, you have made us new creatures in Christ. And Father, as we gather this morning, we give you our thanks and our praise for all that you have done, for the work of salvation, for the fact that we can be here in your presence, that we can call you our Father. And Lord, we give you thanks for all that you've done in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you know us, you care for us. Thank you, Lord, that you have brought us out of the pit of sin, And you have made us new creatures in Christ. And as we're gathered here this morning, we come, as is our wont to come every Lord's Day, into your presence. You know us, Lord. You know our needs. You know the things that we stand most in need of. And Father, as we come this morning, we know that we come to the one who can and who will and who wants to meet our every need. Lord, we give you the praise and the thanksgiving of our hearts. We worship you for all that you've done. We thank you for your love demonstrated on Calvary. Thank you, Lord, for your word demonstrated for us through your word. Thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And Father, we thank you this morning that the work of Calvary is a complete work. Thank you, Lord. We do not need to add anything to it. We cannot add anything to it. But thank you, Lord, that what you did on Calvary saves a sinner completely. And Father, we just want to worship you this morning and give you the thanks of our hearts. And Lord, as we are here this morning, we just pray for a real sense of your presence. Take from our minds anything and everything that would disturb us and help us, Lord, to listen to your voice, not just to a preacher, but to your voice speaking through him, through your word, through the hymns and psalms that we sing. Lord, may our hearts be in tune with you this morning to hear what you're saying to us. And so, our Father, we give you the praise and the thanksgiving of our hearts, and we commend ourselves and we commend this service into your hand. Use it to speak to us, we pray, for we ask it in the name and through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from the book of Jonah. Next Sunday, the book of Jonah. The following Sunday, the book of Jonah. So you do need to find it. The book of Jonah, it's not the easiest book to find. It's in that section of the Bible at the end of the Old Testament, Old Testament where the minor prophets are to be found. So you'll find it tucked away in there. On my Bible, it's just got one spread of my Bible as there are only four short chapters in it. And we're going to read the first chapter this morning. <clears throat> This is the word of God. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. <clears throat> but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners or sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come. Let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, 
and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us, on whose account this evil has come upon us? What's your occupation? Where do you come from? What's your country? Of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were <coughs> excuse me, were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up, hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they couldn't, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Amen. <clears throat> May God bless to us the reading of his word. <clears throat> Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to read it and with the help and inspiration of your Holy Spirit, understand it. And Father, we thank you that you have given us this revelation of yourself. And Lord, we want to thank you for it. We know that there are many people across the world who don't have the Bible. Many thousands, millions of people who have no access to your word. And Father, this morning, we want to pray for such. And we pray, Lord, for those who are seeking to translate your word and make it available to yet another people group. And Father, we pray that you would undertake for them. We know it's a difficult, a difficult task and demands a lot of concentration and a lot of linguistic accuracy and ability. And Father, we pray for those who are doing it that you would help them to see the end in sight that yet another people group will have your word for themselves. Lord, we commit that work into your hand. And Father, we pray for the ministry of the gospel as it spreads out across the world far and wide. And we thank you, Lord, for those who have taken your word to primitive places, gone to places where missionaries have never been before, where the gospel has never been preached before. And Father, we pray that you would be with them and encourage them 
and help them, Lord, as they seek to adapt to the people group that you've sent them to. Help them as they seek to make your word understandable to those people. And Father, we pray for the spread of your word across the world. And Father, we pray for your blessing to be upon it. We have had your word since we were born, and yet there are millions who still don't have it. And Father, we pray that soon there will be your word made available to more and more people groups. And so, Father, we commit that work into your hand. We pray, Lord, for your gospel as it is preached across our own beloved land. We pray for it as it's preached across the island chain. And we pray that you would bless your word and prosper it. And pray for your word as it reaches into areas where it is not known. And Lord, we pray that there you would bless, encourage, and strengthen your servants who have gone to make your word known. And so, our Father, we commend the work of the gospel into your hand, and we pray, Lord, for your blessing to be upon it. And Father, now we commend our own service into your hand. You know each one of us. You know our needs. You know what we most stand in need of. And Father, we pray that your word would minister to us today and speak to us because we ask it in the precious and in the worthy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that we can sing your praises. We thank you, Lord, that you have tuned our voices to sing your praises. You've tuned our hearts to walk in fellowship with you. And Father, now as we come to your word, we pray that you would open our minds, open our understanding, open our hearts to receive your word. Take from us, Lord, every thought that would disturb or distract and help us, Lord, to be focused upon you and upon your word, hearing nothing but your voice. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This book of Jonah is a wonderful book. Many people discount it because there are elements in it that they disagree with or they can't accept. But I accept the book of Jonah 100% because Jesus did. Jesus accepted the book of Jonah without question whatsoever. Jesus accepted it. You remember that day when the Pharisees and the scribes who were always getting in the way and they said to him, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. Jesus answered them, An evil, evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign <clears throat> of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Isn't that sufficient reason for accepting that Jonah 
is 100% inspired by God. It's a remarkable story. It's about a man who was frightened. You ever get frightened? Are you ever frightened? Does anything frighten you? I get frightened often. This man of God, Jonah, heard God's voice speaking to him. He understood what God had said. And he ran away in the opposite direction because he was frightened. God was sending him to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh had a fearsome reputation. They were godless. They wanted nothing to do with God's people. They were 100% against God's people. And yet, God called Jonah to go to them. Can you understand why he was frightened? I can quite easily. He was going to the arch enemies of his own people. And God was calling him to go. It wasn't any man that called him. It was God. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Arise, go to Nineveh. God spoke to him. And I got wondering, how does God speak to us today? How does God speak to you? How does God speak to me? And probably you, same as me, would understand that there are quite a number of different ways. God can speak to us through events. I was driven to Christ by a tragic accident that claimed the lives of four of the nearest and dearest in my family. And that particular morning on the 14th of June, 1958, I was for committing suicide. 16 years old, my life was crushed. This event had overtaken me. My parents' car fell into the Caledonian Canal. And they, along with my brother and my auntie, were drowned. And between my parents on the back seat, there was a space where I should have been. But my boss in the post office wouldn't allow me off. He wouldn't be allow me to go with my parents on that particular day. And that is why I'm here today, because God spared me. God's ways are amazing. God calls us to do things at times that we would not choose ourselves. Do you think Jonah wanted to go to Nineveh? 100% no, because those were his enemies. And yet God said, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it. The message that God had given to him for them was a message of judgment. Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. A message of judgment. If it had been a message of hope, peace, encouragement, maybe that would be acceptable. But no, this was a message of judgment. And that's the message that God gave to Jonah for the people of Nineveh. And of course, Jonah was afraid. And Jonah ran away in the opposite direction, got on board a ship, went and hid down 
underneath and fell asleep. How could he possibly go to sleep when he knew that he was disobeying God? I don't understand that. He was doing what God did not tell him to do and was refusing to do what God had told him to do. And then he went down into that ship and fell fast asleep. He was a Hebrew prophet. His ministry was during the reign of Jeroboam II, some 800, 750 years before Christ. Long, long time ago. He is mentioned in 2 Kings 14.25, where it says, He restored the border of Israel from Lebo Hamath as far as the Sea of the Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke by his servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet who was from Gath Hefer. Jonah hides himself down inside the ship. Who was he hiding from? Twice in the opening paragraph, the impossible is stated. He tried to flee from the presence of the Lord. Twice it's mentioned in the opening paragraph to flee away from the presence of the Lord. You can't do that. Wherever you go, you will never get away from the presence of the Lord. He is there. Wherever you want to go, God is there. And Jonah tried to hide in that ship. Who was he hiding from? Probably hiding from the sailors. He was certainly trying to hide from God because he knew that God had called him to go to a people who didn't want to hear God's word, a people who were against anything to do with God. And Jonah did not want to go to those people. Yet God was sending him there. Sometimes we find it difficult to speak up for the Lord. Sometimes in ordinary conversation or like, for instance, last night we were at a restaurant and we had a very nice meal and a charming uh, young lady called Maddie from Scalpe was serving us and we invited her to come to the meeting today, but I don't see her. Do you see her? She's not here. Often we invite people to come, but they don't come. Sometimes we invite people to come, and they do come. Never give up inviting. Invite people to come. I see empty chairs. Empty chairs. Look at that. So many empty chairs. Okay, the children were sitting on a lot of them. But there are empty chairs. There is room for a lot more people. And sometimes when God challenges us to speak to someone, we're scared. He was. He was scared. He was scared to go to Nineveh because they were his enemies. And yet, the gospel is for whosoever will. It's for you. It's for me. It's for everyone on the face of the earth. God's word is for whosoever. 
ever will. Jonah didn't accept God's word. And you know, when we disobey God, there are consequences. If I do or go against what God has challenged me to do, there are consequences. Things will happen. Things will go wrong if I choose to disobey God. And that is what happened to Jonah. He fled to Tarshish. He fled away from God's plan and God's purpose. And I remember as, as a young Christian in Inverness, I attended the YMCA, which is next door to the Free North Church on the riverside. And I remember on numerous occasions missionaries coming and speaking at our after-church rally at 8 o'clock on a Sunday evening. And so often there was a challenge from God's word to go and to do what God had for you because God has a plan and a purpose for the life of every single one of us. To some he's given a beautiful voice to present. To others he's given a gift to play music. To others, he's given gifts of being able to talk to people. I'm not good at that at all. In fact, I'm hopeless at it. But then I've got a wife that's very good at it. So one compliments the other. Jonah fled from the plan of God. Jonah fled as he thought from the presence of the Lord, but he didn't get away from the presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord followed him. And when he was on that ship, and when that storm began to rage, a storm the like of which the sailors had never seen before, that was some storm. Now you people who live on, live on an island, you know what it is to sail on troubled seas. And I see one or two smiles. You know what it's like to get onto the MV Hebrides and to go across to Uig. You know what it's like to have the ship going like this. That is what was happening here. Exactly what was happening here. But Jonah, I don't think, was afraid of the storm. Jonah was fleeing from God and he knew he was fleeing from the plan and the purpose of God. And God was following him. Now, I firmly believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. Every one of us. Those who name the name of Christ. God's got a plan for us. Now, I don't know what that plan is for you. But one thing I am certain of, that that plan for every one of us is that we share our faith with other people. And that is what Jonah was frightened of. Because he was being sent by God to a fearsome people. Nineveh had a dreadful reputation. The Nineveh of its day was renowned for its wickedness, its, its disobedience to everything that was of God. And yet, God was sending Jonah 
to that people? Why would God send Jonah to a people who didn't want him? Why would God send missionaries to parts of the world where there is no interest in the Christian gospel? It's because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. God has a plan for our lives. And when I began way back 65 years ago to understand the beginning of God's plan for me, I was frightened. As a postman in Inverness, I was well placed. I had all that I needed, all that I wanted. And yet God was calling me by these missionaries who kept coming and who always told the story of we need more missionaries. We need more people to come and to help us to share the gospel. And that was that eventually I gave in. And I said, Lord, whatever you will, I'm willing. And God called me to go to France and to learn French. Well, I had difficulty with English in school. And I was to go to France to learn French. And I was there for a year. And I was utterly amazed that at the end of that year, I could speak quite easily and freely in French. God undertakes. Yes, we can be frightened. Yes, we can be concerned. Yes, we can feel inadequate. And it's not wrong to feel inadequate. In fact, if you feel adequate for the task, maybe there's a warning there because you are not adequate without God. We are adequate in God and he enables us to do what he has called us to do. And Jonah was fleeing from what God had said to him, go to Nineveh and share my word. I don't know what God has said to you. As I look over you, there are all ages. There might even be some as old as I am. And some of you possibly a wee bit more. And I'm only 81. But whatever our age... Whatever our stage, God has got a work for us to do. Just as I mentioned a little while ago that when we were at that meal last night and Pat invited Maddie from Scalpe to come, she's not here. But that doesn't mean that we've got to stop asking people. Many people will refuse. In fact, probably most people will refuse. But God will nonetheless speak into the lives of those whom he is calling. And Jonah was frightened. He is demasked eventually there on the deck of the ship in that fearsome storm. And the sailors are trying to find out on whose account this tragedy has fallen upon them. And Jonah is singled out and he tells them what he has done. And he tells them the only way that you can get the sea to calm down for you is to throw me into the sea. And the sailors were understandably 
unwilling to do that. They didn't want to do it. But then it turned out there was no other way. Jonah said, throw me overboard and the sea will calm down for you. I mentioned earlier that there are consequences for disobedience. Very simple, let me put it this way. If you're sitting in your car and you're sitting at a red light, they're very annoying, these red lights, but they're there for a reason, and you get fed up and you just let the clutch out and away you go. And you come to the first corner and there's a police car sitting there. Ah, you're caught. There are consequences for disobedience. And if we deliberately disobey what God is saying to us, there will be consequences. And I knew as a young Christian, when God called me, I had no alternative but to obey. Because his call was so clear on so many different occasions that I was not left in any doubt whatsoever. And Jonah fled from the Lord. And we're going to have to leave Jonah because he was cast into the sea and he was swallowed by this great sea creature. Some people have said it's a whale. I doubt that very much. But it was a large sea creature and Jonah was swallowed by it. And we leave Jonah in verse 17. The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. There are consequences for disobedience. If I go against what God has said to me, there will be consequences. Look what happened to Jonah. He was swallowed, thrown overboard, swallowed by this great fish. And we leave him here, going down into the depths of the sea, inside that great fish. It need not have happened. It didn't have to happen, but it did happen because Jonah disobeyed God. And my friends, we'll leave it there. I know it's an unsatisfactory place to leave it, but I plan to pick it up again next Lord's Day morning to see what happened. But meanwhile, we leave Jonah inside this great fish down in the depths of the sea. Why? Because he disobeyed God. There are consequences for disobedience. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you even though your word today is, has been a difficult word for us, a word which maybe we would shy away from, but yet, Lord, it is your word for us. If we are considering disobedience, Lord, help us to realize that that is never, ever the right path. Help us, Lord, to walk in obedience to you. Whatever you say to us, give us that willing heart that says, not my will, but thine be done. Grant it, we pray, and go with us, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and evermore. Amen.